1: We're behind the clock a little bit, Gordon? Uh, whose fault is that? Mine. Okay,
2: good. Just wanted to get that straight. It's
1: mine. Uh, I'd let. Usually, them, I get blamed for that. I got all. I got all. Uh, uh interested in the not sports report, and that's a rookie mistake <laughs> to
2: make. That's unlike you.
1: It is unlike me.
2: Easier to shoot from the producers' booth. What do you mean? You know, just shoot me down. From in there than out here. Out here, you're all into it and interested and engaged.
1: I guess so. I guess. uh, Yeah, Eric just let me go. He just let me run like a a wild Mustang. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get uh, what's going on. DJ and PK, Hanson, Scotty, some of the best bits of their shows today. We'll start with uh, DJ and PK uh, here in what's going on. And they were talking today about... The uh, long time it took Tony Fennell to go from wins to wins. Uh, He won the uh, Northern Trust yesterday in a playoff. Yeah, it was dramatic fashion. Uh, Mm -hmm. Apparently had a big putt to seal the deal. Uh, Ryan Smith was all excited about it. Kurt Cragthorpe was tweeting about it. Jay Drew was all over it, both Kyle Whittingham and... Uh, Kalani Satake mentioned it in their media sessions yesterday and today. Did we ever get figured out whether Tony's a Ute or a Cougar? Uh, well, they both claim him. Oh, okay. Whittingham says he's got more Ute gear than Cougar gear, and he grew up in Salt Lake, and he's at the facility all the time. Satake then mentioned the, the familial connection and, and on and on and on. So I don't know if he's a Ute or a Cougar. I do know he's a Laker, even though he <laughs> pretends to be a Jazz. Can you be a Jazz? No, you can't. A jazz? You misspoke. How? What What? What are you then? You have to be a jazz fan? Yeah. You can't just be a jazz? You no. can be a Laker, a Ute, a Cougar, but you can't be a jazz? No, you
2: can't be a jazz. Why? Because jazz is a thing. It's not... So it's, is
1: it's, a Cougar.
2: Yeah but, uh, yeah, but you can't be a jazz. What is a
1: jazz? What's a
2: Laker? It's somebody that lives by a lake or works on a lake. Is it? Yeah. There's a lot
1: of them in Los Angeles. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. Here's DJ and, P- and PK talking about how cool that Tony Finau story is.
0: How excited were you to see this unfold in front of your eyes, PK? As I wrote it? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> no. You watch Tony win. You go up to the Utes, and Kyle claims Tony. We've got proof. Yeah.
3: And then you're on social media, and you see... The Cougars are claiming Kalani's pumped for him. Oh yeah, there's a thing somebody put it out there of Kalani in the office with one of his uh, staff members, Jack DeMooney, yeah,
0: one of his staffers.
3: And they're Kalani's obviously pumped up when Tony wins, and then Kyle, Kyle says this, we got it. Tony, oh, he's at our games all the time. He's a you, yeah, he's a you. <laughs> He's Kyle's the- flashing the ute deal. I never know, is it the thumbs or the index fingers? When I was a kid, we used to do a little thing. We'd fold the, uh, a little 8.5 by 11 paper and make it into like a triangle, and you'd try to kick field goals. And so you'd put the index fingers. So that's, I don't know what fingers they use to do the ute thing. But he starts flashing because there's TV cameras there yesterday. He starts flashing it as if there's a direct ute, like he's a ute who played in a frigging football program. Tony? Oh, he's at our games all the time. He's a youth. Yeah, he's a youth. <laughs> 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 Just claiming the fandom. So who is Tony? How excited was I? I, I mean, I was excited for him. I felt no personal excitement. Um, Kyle really did. As I say, I don't – I've spoken to him, but I don't think he has any clue who I am. Uh, so there's no – I don't have a connection to him. I've been around the family – And his father, on multiple occasions, very nice man, Uh, they listen. He told me. Uh, But Tony doesn't. He wouldn't have any clue who I am. So I'm not um, sure that's true, but we'll go with it. I felt good for him. I mean, I felt good for Rom or Cam Smith, for that matter. But I have to admit, I felt a little bit more for Tony because he's been trying. But it's not like he's been just grinding through life trying to catch a break here.
0: He's made a lot of money. <laughs> yes.
3: All those top ten finishes, like <laughs> yeah. from the golf perspective, you're
0: like, Oh, that's not quite good enough. You've got to get to number one. Meanwhile, you look at the checks the yeah, PGA yeah, yeah. hands out, and you're like, Top ten caching. Right. It's not one take the money. all here. And and that's just the tip because tip of the iceberg here, because off off the course there's endorsement money all over the place if you're top ten, top twenty.
3: But nevertheless, he's a good story. And uh, it, there's something to be said, especially for, I don't know if it's uh, Polynesian people or minorities or whomever, to see somebody different, different looking, so to speak. And now I think most golfers know who he is. Uh, the casual, I guess maybe now he's more known for more than just popping in your kneecap or ankle, whatever it was, and the Masters Part 3 thing a few years back. I mean, he's a wildly talented golfer. That's that's the reality of it. So it's good to see that and keep persevering. And and it's great to see coming from nothing because a lot of these golfers, they grow up in affluence. And let's call it like it is. And so they're able to be in country clubs. My, my, my We started a high school golf team because I said when my high school started, we were uh, the first class to go to the campus all four years. And it had only been open. I think. Uh, I think we were the first year it was open too, and so they had juniors, right? So right off the bat, they started golf team, and my team, my school starts winning state championships left and right. Well, why? Because Moon Valley Country Club is literally right in the boundaries. So all the kids on the team who got to play, they grew up there. That that's where they've had LPGA tournaments there. Uh, Hot Rod Huntley lived there. Uh, Amaka Pani, who'd went on the LPGA tour, mm-hmm. she was on the boys' team because they were there. Well, yeah, and and I had the, the golf coach was uh, the reading instructor, right? And so I take him as a sophomore when they're starting the golf team, and I'm talking to him, and he has uh, tickets in December to go see an exhibition by Lee Trevino. He had two tickets, so he, I talked to him, and then it was, uh, he, he said, "You want to go?" And so I took my father and I went. And it was fun. He was at Phoenix Stadium, uh, where they the Giants just have AAA. ASU uses it now. And he's at home plate. And he was lobbing chips. And, oh, I'm going to hit second base. Boom, he pops it right on the base, you know. And so a month later, or two months later, golf season starts. And it, I don't show up the first day. Uh, why didn't, why, Patrick, why weren't you there? I said, sir, I've got no chance to make this team. <laughs> Plus, it was during baseball season. So the point being that all the kids, they were immediately a, a state contender because they just went from the country club on a golf team. And Tony didn't have that. So that's that's a success story. We all love the underdog story.
1: We do. Everyone but Jake Scott loves the underdog story. Jake talks all the time. March Madness rolls around or whatever. He, he doesn't. He doesn't care for the underdog. No,
2: because he thinks that ultimately they'll fall victim to better teams and it ruins the competitive environment, uh, uh, in, in especially the Final Four.
1: Although he does not pick all one or two seeds. You might like the underdog, but you're not going to bet on the underdog. Why should I? <laughs> It's better to be right than, than wrong and have fun. Is that... <laughs> well, if you're going to go with the
2: underdog, maybe you better get it right. Because if you don't get it right, then you're absolutely out of luck.
1: Stuart Mandel, and this is just kind of a spinoff of the underdog story. Uh, Stuart Mandel had his Pac-12 predictions in the Athletic today. And he has Utah winning the South, Oregon winning the North, and with Oregon beating Utah once again for the Pac-12 championship, yeah, we've seen that before, haven't we? Are the Utes an underdog in the Pac-12? Because I look at I look at them on paper right now, and I think that that's I think Oregon and Utah are the two best teams on paper. I don't know that I would say Utah is much of an underdog. No, they're though. not
2: an underdog. Are you kidding me? An underdog would be Arizona or, or Oregon State.
1: But being that they've never done it before,
2: they've never won it. But obviously, been in that championship game, and uh, they would
1: like to forget they were in that championship. Are game. they an
2: underdog, man? I not by my definition.
1: I think They're around too here, good no. To be underdogs. Yeah. yeah, but maybe on national viewpoint, they might be looked at that way. I don't you know. You mean by those who
2: are unfamiliar with the program and yeah. its achievements? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Still has that cute BCS buster appeal to some people out there.
2: Oh, I think that's
1: long gone. You think so? Yeah. I'll bet if we called up an East Coast football analyst right now, he'd he'd think of him that way.
2: I remember about, when was that? I want to say 20 years ago, I did, I called a bunch of people about Utah football. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and they were all getting it, the Utes confused with BYU. Were they really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's the case anymore. That think, would be changed. I, I think Utah yeah. has established itself as certainly within the Pac-12, and I think beyond that now people know that they play good football here.
1: Coming up next, uh, we'll get uh, on the other side of the break. Hans did a extensive film study of Utah quarterback Charlie Brewer and shared his thoughts with Scotty earlier. We'll hear from that. As what's going on continues on the other side, but joining us in studio today is Mike Wilson from Any Hour Services, and uh, we've been talking all about air conditioners and furnaces. It's Gordon. It's been a long, hot, record-setting summer. Uh, I I am I'm one of those people that my air conditioning. I, I I splurge on three things. I splurge on cheese. I buy the good cheese. Good I you. know you'd appreciate that. Yeah. I buy the good toilet paper. And I pay more for my air conditioning when it's hot because I like my house to be cold. But Cold like this studio? The, not that cold. This, this studio, our blocker. air conditioner is fine in this studio. It's working great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if you are like me and you've been overworking your air conditioning this summer, Mike... This is the day to call, you guys.
4: It is the day to call. We have a great deal, because, I mean, if especially if you like running your air conditioner and you don't like the inconvenience of it not working and the uncomfortableness of it being hot, if you don't maintain your system, you run the risk a lot higher of the thing breaking down unexpectedly. One of the advantages of doing annual maintenance is being able to identify potential problems before it actually breaks down and so when we come out there and go through the system if we see something that's off or there's a part that's not working the way that it should we might have recommendations and say hey do you want to replace this capacitor and if you do then we we change it but if you if you don't and the thing breaks down then we'll actually come back out for free, diagnose and make sure that that's the part that went down and we'll actually give you the money back for the tune-up because when you do a thorough Mm -hmm. tune-up, we're so confident that the thing is going to actually perform better and last longer, we're going to stand behind it. And, I mean, I guess you could call it a money-back guarantee on the tune-up, but, like, if it breaks down, we're going to stand behind it. We want to come back out and make sure that you're comfortable and we're going to give you the money back for the tune-up that you paid.
2: Do you stand behind it if if the uh, customer – Does not uh, follow the advice?
4: Yes, we will come. Because what we're doing is we're refunding you the cost of the tune-up. So we can't come out there. We're not trying to force you into anything. This isn't something where it's like, no, you have to do this or we won't stand behind it. So we we specifically say, like, hey, if for any reason the thing breaks down. So if we did make recommendations and it's like, hey, your capacitor is running weak or your flame sensor is not working and you choose not to do that, that's your option. And we're not going to pressure you into doing anything.
2: That's, that's a great feature.
4: Right? And so if it breaks down, even because you chose... Or even maybe it wasn't that you chose. Maybe you didn't have the extra money to put into it right then. This is, I've never actually thought of it this way. If you don't have a ton of money to like put into the system to repair it right now, your best chance of making sure that the thing is going to last, call up and get one of these tune-ups that has the no breakdown guarantee. And then if it does break down, call us back out. We'll give you the thirty bucks back or whatever you paid for the tune-up, and you can actually put that towards the cost of that part that needed to be oh, repaired. That's, that's,
1: that's Look at us learning together here on Man, the big show. Man, it's a Thinking new spin. Of things in, in, from Thanks, a different Gordon. View. Through your eyes, Gordon Monson. Well, well, through all... your eyes.
4: I'm
2: all about enlightenment around here, you
1: know? What was that?
4: That, that was, don't ask. Just In like,
2: your eyes, your I was trying to, like. Eyes. Oh, Phil Collins? Your
4: eyes. That one? I don't know. I, I just don't. Why are we focused? Why did we stop right there?
1: I don't know. Uh, it's you, my fault. This brought, was your choice. Huh? <laughs> well, yes, it was.
4: That's my bad.
1: But you can, uh, so your air conditioner's been working hard all summer. <laughs> yeah. You're about to fire up the furnace. You want to get them both working optimally before, as Gordon said, the best time to get them done is before you need to get it done. <laughs> yes. So Usually that's about 200 bucks to get both those tuned up. Yep. Not so today.
4: No, today. If you want to get them both done, if you haven't had your air conditioner serviced in a while, this is a great deal for you because you know you need to get your furnace done as well. So call up, and instead of the $198, you're going to save $149 and only have to pay $49 to get them both tuned up. You call up tonight. We'll schedule it. If you want to do it a week from now two weeks from now whatever's best for your schedule but when we come out there we we'll are only charge you 49 we'll tune up both pieces of equipment while we're there we'll document do all this stuff that i don't know man i'm just trying to save some money
2: you, you'll get a better deal than I did. I Look, mean that, uh, my, I, that, that beats me by ten bucks.
4: <laughs> this is the this is the forty nine dollar never had a butler on vacation deal. Like if you've had a butler on vacation, you can probably afford the extra four dollars and fifty cents. Mic really. drop for mm-hmm. Mike. No, no, uh. because I
1: spent all that on the butler. I, I don't have anything left. You spent all $10 on the butler?
4: Man, you should have tipped him better than that, Gordon. <laughs> oh, that was you not like,
1: the tip. That was just what he paid. Oh. <laughs> tip! You know. had him standing you in guys. the corner,
4: and after he's done, you pull out a fresh $10 bill. You Thank just, you, sir. You just, you you just s- carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending the rest of this
1: one out. <laughs> like Mike said, call him today, 801-443-7400. You don't have to get it done today, but you do have to get it scheduled. 801-443-7400 or visit anyhourservices.com. There's a big old button can't miss it that's right book online 801-443-7400 or anyhourservices.com thanks mike yep we'll do it one more time all right the big show rolls on next we're from hanson scotty on charlie brewer here on the zone (laughs) 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, I'm Austin Horton in for Jake Scott today. Shall we continue what's going on? Yeah, let Hans and Scotty. Hans uh, says if you've been listening to their show for a few weeks, you probably picked up on the hint that Charlie Brewer was likely going to be the starter. Josh Newman of the Salt Lake Tribune made that story official, put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, I guess, this in this day and age, that Charlie Brewer will be the University of Utah's starting quarterback a week from tomorrow against Weber State. Hans then went to uh, Hans Film School last night and did a breakdown of Charlie Brewer's game.
5: Well, Scotty, so I guess there were a couple questions that you and I started with with Charlie Brewer. What, What did we find? He had 20 rushing touchdowns, correct? Correct. So one of the things I really wanted to do was go back and look at what they were doing for him to get rushing touchdowns. And it's a mixed bag. And you were right. Everything's in the red zone. It's, you know, well, obviously everything's in the red zone. Um, There's a lot of scrambling mixed in with a lot of zone read option mixed in with quarterback dive, and all of it is pushed off a heavy play action look. The Baylor offense that was run in 2019, and again, I only studied 2019, didn't pay any attention to 2020, but The Baylor play action that was run in that 2019 season was overloaded and heavy. Like, it was play action, play action, play action, run a little bit, not make any yards on the run, get it back into the air. And they were running play action to try to set up run. I mean, that's how how it felt. There was another thing that was really obvious. Charlie Brewer – at least in 2019, he doesn't have a lot of respect for his body. Like He just will do whatever to get in the end zone. Multiple times I saw him drop his head. And more often than not, if he's dropping his head at the one or one-and-a-half-yard line, he's getting in the end zone. He's going over linebackers, going over safeties, going over corners. Uh, and I would say probably the biggest, the biggest hit I saw him take was a quarterback draw out of a shotgun – with a play action look, where he, you know he, he faked it some guy on a sweep, and then he went right up the middle. He jumped at about the three yard line, Scotty, and it was kind of that helicopter hit from a middle linebacker. Yeah. It was like, jeez, oh, man, it's the kind of play that you grit your teeth and think ah, that that could have gone so many different ways, but it got it went with him scoring six points and jumping up and celebrating it. So, he is a. He's a durable, versatile, aggressive, strong-minded quarterback inside the, the 10-yard line. He'll run it. And my guess is Andy Ludwood will probably have some plays that will take advantage of that skill. How much of the run game did you see with him from the 20 to the 20? N- none. Okay. Very, very little. Where he got involved with different yeah. draws and Yeah, like, uh, you reads know, and- read option. I didn't see a ton. No. Um, m- most of what I saw was in the red zone, specifically inside the 10. And I, I don't know if they do that just in order to uh, keep defenses honest or uh, try to uh, try to open up some of the outsides a little bit. Because, Scotty, I was shocked by how many times they ran two outs. They kept eight in the block, and they ran two wideouts. Really? Yes they would keep a running back in the block they'd keep a tight end sometimes they keep a jumbo set it was i or two tight ends or typically it was it was two tight ends and i or or it was just a, a single set shotgun yeah but they play action a lot into that look and they made it a specific goal to protect charlie brewer to give him the freedom to throw football and do it cuz i had to look quite a bit to find some good pressures where he delivered a throw and a pressure. So if you want to see some of those, I've given, I don't know, probably six or seven different looks. Um, him rushing, him throwing under pressure, him making reads off safety sets in trip sets, um, him hitting different routes. You know, I have him hitting a slant. I've got him hitting two posts. Uh, I've got him hitting a corner in, in red zone. So you can go see how he – Throws multiple routes. What's the route that you want to see a quarterback throw? Like, if well, there's a route that you like, you're, okay, that's you're asking for me for your perspective. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a play action off the post. Okay, that's that's my favorite route to hit, whether it's skinny post or it's just a post. And I don't, and I like it to come out of the the tight end connect, or I like to come out of the slot. Or I guess,
0: I is that the when you evaluate a quarterback, are you looking at that? Throw that he has to make, or is
5: there a specific route that when you see a guy hit it, like okay, that's a quarterback that's got some good accuracy? Because I always like you know, uh, a corner route that's well, that would be backside shoulder on the comeback. Yep, okay, that's and if you do it cross field, and that was something Zach Wilson was so good at. Oh, yeah, and that made a lot
0: of money because that's an NFL throw right there.
5: That's a quarterback throw. So if you want, if you want my favorite throw or something I look for from a quarterback. (laughs) It's hitting the post off play action on a connected tight end, which just means he's on the line of scrimmage connected to the tackle, Mm -hmm. or hitting the post on a slot receiver. And that could be a tight end in the slot, or that could be like a Britton Covey-type receiver at the slot, but hitting a post. And I prefer the skinny post. I like when it's just straight over the top. And I think with guys like... Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid. You remember when Huntley started hitting those oh, and yeah. hitting them in timing and rhythm? They're so – they 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 eat up yards so quick and they're so tough to defend when a quarterback throws them well. But if you're asking me, the quarterback that you look at it and you're like, ooh, that's a high-level difficulty. It's going to be cross-field comeback backside shoulder throw, which – Zach Wilson, like you mentioned, made a ton of money off of.
1: There you go. That's Hans and Scotty's thoughts on Charlie Brewer as the University of Utah starting quarterback. Gordon, we only have the, those things to go off of where he – how he played at Baylor. You heard Hans say throughout threw out last season's performances because it was a strange season. We don't know what's going to be with the Utes, but on paper, on paper, on paper, Charlie Brewer looks like a good pick.
2: He does. And if he is the man, and he truly is a, a, a gifted quarterback and a good leader on the field, good decision maker, then the Utes will soar. I really think this is a talented team that has at times lacked uh, proper quarterbacking. There have been t- Tyler Huntley was pretty good. Uh, he, he, he grew into that yes, role. Yes, yes. But too often they haven't had that. And if they do have it, when you combine everything else that uh, they've got going on over there, uh, then, then look out, man. Uh, I think the Utes can win the Pac-12 this year.
1: I agree. Christian Cox dropped the name uh, Brian Johnson to you guys last week when he joined and He said the Utes haven't had this much promise at quarterback, this much ability since Brian Johnson. And he was referencing Charlie Brewer. Yeah, and I
2: thought Tyler Huntley was pretty good his uh, toward the latter part of his, his stay at Utah, and now he's in the NFL. Uh, but uh, Charlie Brewer's good. I, I, I think we all saw this coming, uh, but uh, now it's uh, – now it. well, and they haven't really officially announced it yet, have they? But, no. But it has been reported, as you said. The team Josh. knows, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so – We'll see how it moves from here. I mean, I, I, I understand all the reasons to delay the decision and to keep guys in-house and uh, avoid transfers if you can, all that stuff. But at some point, you got to say, look, fellas, we are telling you what you already know. This guy is our leader. Our second guy is good. He's good. He's worked his butt off to come back from injury. He's rehabbed well. He's done everything necessary to be there when we need him. But this guy over here is our leader. I mean, thats it's so important for a quarterback to have that quality, and it seems like Charlie Brewer has done a good job of establishing that from the moment he stepped on campus.
1: And they've got a very good backup plan with Cam Rising. Right. I mean, he was voted team captain, as you were just inferring there. So. The, the players like him, the players trust him, the coaches the like coaches him, the coaches trust him. they like him, yeah, they him. Like them up there. Uh, but Charlie Brewer's better. So he's got the one. Cam Rising's got the two, and you go from there. Yep. Pretty exciting yeah. for the Utes. The Cougars, we all think it's Jaron Hall. We'll see. We'll see. Kalani seems so hesitant
2: to, uh, to give up the, the, the goods on that one. But uh, A-Rod a- wants to announce it, man. He wants to get this over with. <laughs> a Rod's like,
1: I'm not going to tell you who the starter is, but it rhymes with rare and raw. <laughs> and Kalani's like, I wouldn't say it rhymes with rare and raw. I'd say we have three good quarterbacks. Yeah. Who have all separated themselves. Equally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. More of the big show up next. Uh, it's time for an airing of grievances. Oh, and, uh, boy. Oh, boy. This involves your tax dollars being spent frivolously. Oh, Austin's on one, man.
2: You're on see the see big
0: it. show. There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait. Who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. Duh! This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: Uh, join Hanson Scotty this Friday at the warehouse, 1825 South 300 West in Salt Lake. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. Austin's airing of grievances today. Brought to you by Syringa Networks. If you're uh, working from home or need a uh, powerful IT partner uh, with a hybrid workforce, call Syringa Networks, 385-420-7881, or visit syringanetworks.net. Real quick, Gordon, uh, going on my list today is the University of Utah. Okay. They, uh, You remember that story that Jake and you and everyone was talking about, about the uh, director of the Pioneer Theater Company who... Just bilked everyone into a bill of lies, sold everyone a bill of goods that he had. He was the mastermind behind video game companies and KFC and Old Spice. Yeah. And, uh, apparently, he told while he was employed there at the University of Utah that he had won a Humanitarian of the Year award, used taxpayer money to travel to D.C. to accept the award. Turns out the award didn't exist. The, the organization that was giving him the fake award didn't exist. $175,000 taken for that trip. Well, or not 175,000. Sorry. That that's he's being paid now $175,000 to resign.
2: Yeah, he was making 200 grand or so or there about a year um due to
1: his fabrications. He was uh he resigned yesterday under what he called mental illness He said most of the reports are true with with a few discrepancies and that he takes responsibility. But the bottom line here is that he's being paid $175,000 to go away. Mm -hmm. And where does that money come from? You, me, Eric, Mike, everyone that pays taxes, that money comes from. And this makes you mad? Makes me very mad. He he's free to go get another job somewhere else. He can make up another resume and get a hundred seventy-five thousand dollars resignation settlement. Well, this
2: settlement. was his biggest mistake. Infuriating, Austin Horton. Oh, it's
1: over for you, pal. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: he, right. He said the same thing about a grandma who was uh, lying about her age back then. What'd she do? She was, uh, I don't know. She did, had some indiscretion.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that one. A grandma.
4: I don't know, but if a grandma's lying about her age, she probably just forgot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Excuses, excuses. Uh, If you're sick and tired of spending too much money, like the University of Utah for... Things you don't need to spend so much. Call any hour service. Yeah,
4: according to Austin, we all owe somebody 175 grand. If you needed to save money at any time, now is the time. So if we all collectively took the the 149 dollars that we're saving, in no time we'd reach that 175 grand.
1: What Mike's talking about is you've got the uh, air conditioning end of season tune up and the preseason furnace tune up. Usually it's about 200 bucks to get both those serviced.
4: Yeah, normally $99 for each of those. And, you know, manufacturers recommend that you have the thing serviced because they know that maintenance is the best way to get the system to perform as good as it can and to help it last as long as possible. And so those are the biggest benefits of regular maintenance. And so if you don't like the idea of, you know, your furnace breaking down in the middle of the winter or your air conditioner in the middle of the summer or you don't like the prospect of having to replace your system anytime soon, because you don't have an extra, you know, six or seven thousand dollars laying around to take care of that maintenance, these $29 tune ups or these two for 49, this is the least expensive way to extend the life of your system and put off having to replace the thing.
1: Gordon, when does someone know they need a furnace or air conditioner tune up
2: before it becomes necessary?
1: That's one answer,
2: but and the other answer would be apparently the best deal. A deal that that exceeds any deal I've ever gotten from, from It doesn't Mike. exceed any deal it, it, you've it, ever gotten. I, 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 this is, you've gotten this you owe, 49... You owe, you owe me 10 bucks.
4: The reason this... And I'll give it to you. Here's the thing. This $49 deal exists because of you a couple of years ago when I came in the studios and you were like, Mike, oh, they're, they're going to be coming out there. Can't they service them both at the same time? Yeah, can't but that, now you're can't even, that save me a little money? But you're
1: it
2: even better now.
4: Well, look... <laughs> Here's the thing. I think you booked that twenty nine dollar deal because you forgot that the forty nine dollar deal exists every once in a while, and you just like. Here's the thing. The twenty nine dollars is meet
2: me and grandma. We forgot. Essentially,
1: Gordon's saying to everyone out there, "You're welcome for this uh, two for forty nine dollar
4: deal." That's correct. This
2: is my point. It's it's a really good deal. It's better than anything you and I have ever gotten, Austin. Well, I won't
4: speak to that. It's a good. It's a good deal if you're paying twenty-nine for both of them and paying fifty-eight, or if you save the extra nine dollars like Gordon is referring to yeah. and get it for 49. Here's the thing. Austin asks, how do you know if you actually need a tune-up? There are a lot of people out there that around this time of year, they start crossing their fingers hoping that their air conditioner will just get them to the end of the summer so they can start cracking the windows. There are people last year at the or earlier this year at the end of winter, right before spring, that were like crossing their fingers hoping that they could just get to summer. If that sounds like you or it's been a while since your system's been serviced, this is a great time for you to call and take advantage of this deal. I'm not going to be able to save you any more money than that. I'm not going to be able to remove any more risk than by giving you that no breakdown guarantee. I mean, this is absolutely probably the best time of year to call and get uh, this done.
2: Complete honesty here. I mean, I have you guys come out every year. I mean, that at least most almost every year yeah. to do this exact thing.
1: All right, so like uh, like Mike said, get your end-of-season uh, air conditioner tune-up for 29 bucks. get your preseason furnace tune-up for 29 bucks, or get them both done for $49. Call 801-443-7400, 443-7400, or uh, book online at anyhourservices.com. That's right. All right, Mike, we'll talk to you a couple more times before we get out of here. You bet. 801-443-7400. More of The Big Show next.